and welcome to the Destiny Prague podcast. Our heart is to see people empowered by the love of Jesus and activated by the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Word of God is still relevant today, and we trust that this message will bless you, challenge you, and fill your heart and mind with the truth of who God is and who you are in Christ. We believe that God has a plan for your life, and we want to journey a road of discipleship with you as you discover who He has called you to be. If you'd like to connect with us, check out our website at destinychurch.cz. Let's go. So I'm going to continue our series on spiritual rhythms. If you are not sure what I'm speaking about, at the start of March, we started a series on spiritual rhythms, right? What are spiritual rhythms? Well, we've been looking at the importance of establishing rhythms and practices in our lives that keep us connected with what we truly desire for our spiritual journey, right? The importance of establishing rhythms and practices to keep us connected with what we desire for our spiritual journey. Because let me tell you something, your spiritual journey did not start and end when you got saved. Surprise, right? It wasn't just about giving your life to Him and saying that He is your Lord and Savior, there's a journey, right? We're, we're on a mission together, right? He's doing something through you. God is not just interested in your salvation, but he's interested in also what he's placed inside of you and what he wants to do through you. God's ultimate desire is to see his kingdom rule and reign here on earth. How is he going to do that? Through us. Let me tell you something, guys. If Jesus could use a donkey... He can use us. Okay? Just a little encouragement to you guys. Philippians 1 verse 6. He who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. What does that scripture tell us? Hi, good morning. He who began a good work. So it tells me that there is a start point. Good work, it means that he wants to do good things through me. And it tells me that he's not going to stop until it's done. Right? Amen? So we had last week, we had Delara speaking. She spoke on the rhythm of seeking God, right? Hearing his voice. Before that, we had Pastor Fiona from Destiny Munich speak on the rhythm of knowing the season that you're in. Because that's important, right? Did you know that you can set up rhythms and practices and routines and habits for one season in your life? But that doesn't mean that it's going to work for the next season in your life. Do you know that? Do you want to know something interesting? I now, my youngest lyric turned one last week, this week. Do you know that there are exercises that I could do before I had him that I can't do now? Physical exercises, right? Because I'm in a different season now after having my second child than what I was when I just had my first child, right? There are things in our life that serve us for a season that may not serve us in the new season, right? That's why we need to be constantly re-looking at our habits, our routines, our practices, and asking ourselves, are they serving our desires for what we truly want for our spiritual journey? Then we had Pastor Daniel from Destiny Nuremberg. He spoke on the rhythm of transformation, the desire to be constantly transformed and changed. If you haven't heard any of these, I encourage you to go to our podcast. There's also, before that, we had Pastor Jeff Rogers. He spoke on spiritual rhythms. What are they? So if you're confused, there is a whole sermon podcast episode just speaking about why we're doing this series on spiritual rhythms, right? But I want to ask you guys a few things this morning. Have you ever thought about what you want to achieve spiritually? 
because we plan our school projects, right? Carol's in the middle of her biggest project ever, Franklin as well. We plan our school projects, we plan our work schedules, we plan our career paths, our relationships, when we're going to get married, right? If you're dating somebody, we plan when we're going to have kids. We plan everything, but we tend to leave our spiritual journey on its own thing. It's like it'll sort itself out, right? We tend to plan for everything. Why? Why do we plan for these things? Because we're trying to move forward, right? We're planning our career paths because we're, on, we're trying to move forward. We're planning our relationships because, we, you know, we want to move somewhere, right? There's progression. We're moving forward. That's why we put things in place to advance our spiritual journey, right? But then we neglect it, right? When we aren't planning things out, we neglect our spiritual journey. And then our spiritual growth gets a little bit stagnant. And then we wonder, where is God? I feel so far from him. But I want to tell you something, that God has not moved. The moment you gave him your yes, he has not moved. He's waiting. He's calling out to you. Let me read your scripture from Hebrews this morning so that you can be rebuked by Hebrews and not Pastor Jessica. Hebrews said it, not me, okay? Hebrews 5, verse 12 to 14, the New Living Translation. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. This is savage. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Who through training, that tells me that I need to be intentional, right? Amen? You're with me? So tell me something. I have three questions for you guys. Name one thing other than attending church this morning and listening to Christian music, because I know you guys think that's right up there with reading the Bible. Tell me one thing that you are doing for your spiritual journey, other than Christian music and coming to church. Thank you, George. Very good. We're actually in the middle of a three-day fast now. Can somebody let Mariana in, please? Yeah, we're actually in the middle of a three-day fast now for those who would like to join us. It's been fantastic. Question number two. Do you have at least one desire for your spiritual journey other than just being a good person, other than just loving God more? What else do you desire for your spiritual journey? Do you want to learn how to prophesy? Do you maybe, do you want to speak in tongues? We can help with that. What do you desire? Would you like to lead somebody to the Lord, just one person, right? Do you want to start a, start a podcast on theology, Ify? Not right now, you have enough on your plate. And then lastly, what is your plan? Have you planned these things out? These are sobering questions, guys. But I want to tell you something, that God has great plans for you, but you need to ask him. And you need to ensure that your life is lining up in a way that he can work, outwork himself in you, right? 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. What a promise, guys. 
Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 14, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you. We often stop that scripture at verse 11, and then we forget the part where it says, I will be found by you. Oh man, I just want to find him so bad. In my worship, in my prayer life, in my home, I just want to find him in everything. In life, we need to ensure, and I'm going to get to my message in a moment, but I felt like I needed to say a couple of things this morning. In life, we need to ensure that our practices, our routines, our habits, that these things are serving us, not the other way around. Listen to me. We need to ensure that the life we are creating for ourselves is serving us and that we're not serving it because it's very easy to become a slave to your life. It's easy to become a slave to your routine. It's easy to become a slave to your sin and to your flesh. We don't want to be slaves to our lives, feeding our souls where our spirits are crying out for nourishment, crying out for milk, crying out for solids. And I know it's hard. Listen to me. I'm not expecting all of you to walk out here now and wake up at 5 a.m. to pray and fast five days a week. I'm, I'm not, I know it's hard, guys, right? But I'm also not here to give you a motivational talk to get your life in order. This is not one of those TED Talks, right? Because I'm telling you something, you're not doing this in your own strength. This isn't a psychology encouragement where you're going to go home and then on your own you're going to try and work this stuff out, right? Because we know the Word of God says that the flesh is weak. This is weak. I'm tired. I'm hungry when I fast. I'm miserable. I woke up with a pimple on my face. The flesh is weak. It's, it's, right? And you have, may have failed so many times before. How many of us have failed in a new habit? All raise your hands. Guys, I was trying so hard to lose weight for my brother's wedding. Man, I must have tried like six times. Never worked out. Walt, I need to delete that app off my phone. Okay. <laughs> but I want to tell you that you are not navigating this alone. The flesh is weak. But you know what rules over the flesh? The spirit. What do you have inside of you? The spirit. So, when you have your spirit inside of you, who you are nourishing, you're giving it the word, you're giving it prayer, you're not feeding your soul with Netflix and all those things, you're feeding your spirit and it's getting stronger and it's growing. And what does the Holy Spirit do? It cries out on our behalf, right? It intercedes, right? It leads us closer to the Father. It reminds us of, of what the word of God says, right? So our spirit's growing, our spirit's getting stronger and we're getting stronger and all of a sudden it's a lot easier to overcome the flesh. It's a lot easier to put things, in our, put things in place in our lives. Galatians 5 verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Are your lives, do you walk by the Spirit? The way you live your life, is it serving you? Is it serving what you desire for your spiritual journey? I want to give you guys an example. This year, um, 
I just felt like one of the words God gave me for this year was to really get into the word. And obviously, I mean, I love the Bible. I preach from the Bible. I listen to the Bible. I do all the things. But I just felt like he wanted me to set aside intentional time. I tried doing that in many different ways, right? Truth is, I have two kids. I'm working. Don's working. It's a lot. Um, Success babysat for me on when was it, Wednesday, I came home after two hours and she was laying horizontal on my couch. She was like, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, so my life is busy. So I tried doing it in the evening. I tried reading my Bible in the evening, but it didn't work. Tried reading it in the afternoon. So I had to resort to waking up early. I was like, I've always wondered. It's always been a thing for me. What if I was like those people? Because I've heard of, if people in our family and those like super like the people who train for the Ironman when they're like waking up at 4 a.m. to train I'm like if they can do that I can wake up at six to read the Bible right so I did and I started at six o'clock then I moved to 5 30 and then I moved to five and I want to tell you it wasn't in one day it wasn't in two days it wasn't in three days it took me about four weeks and I want to tell you just go easy on yourself be just be patient with the process right Start somewhere. So I eventually got to 5 a.m. And I'm so glad I did because it's so funny that the more I got into the word, the less time I felt like I had. I felt like I needed to read more and I needed to write more and understand more and pray more. And I want to tell you, in the beginning, it was not comfortable. It was not like I sat down at 5 o'clock with my coffee and had dim lighting in my living room and flipped open my Bible and sat with my markers and was just, this is so magical. (laughs) It was not like that. It was not like the Instagram reels I saw. Like, it was nothing like that. I was miserable. And then the worst part is my kids started hearing my alarm, so they started waking up at 5.30. Then I was mad. Guys... I didn't know if I was mad at the Lord, mad at them, mad at my alarm clock. I was mad, okay? And eventually it got to a place where I was like sitting with Eli and the night before, because I treasured this time so much, I didn't want to give it up. I was printing pages for him to color. And I'm telling you this because sometimes you need to pivot a little bit on your plan. So pivot, okay. But I would print pages for him the night before so that when he came through at 5.30 and he'd be like, mommy, let's do something. I'm like, no, no, no. My son needs to see me in the word. I love him truly for the rest of the day, but not between five and six in the morning. So I would print pages for him and I'd say, baby, mommy's got to read the Bible. I need to pray. Here are some pages for you, right? But I'm telling you, when I got past my desire for fuzzy, warm feelings when I was reading my Bible in the morning, when I got past my desire for fire to rain down from heaven and tell me what scripture to read in the morning, when I got past all of that and just committed to reading a psalm and a proverb every day, man, it just took off. Because you know why I read that? I needed the character of God just to wash over me. I needed the wisdom of God. So I started with a psalm and a proverb. And I would journal and I would write what does this psalm say about God? What does this psalm say about me? And what can I do about it? It's beautiful, guys. This is just me, right? This is just my story. And I wanted to encourage you guys with that. You might know what your thing is that you need to get right in your life. Start small, but be consistent. Do not do it in your own strength or your own flesh because you will fail and the devil's going to come in with shame 
and we don't submit to shame. We allow conviction. We allow the Holy Spirit to remind us, hey, you got this. You can do this. But we don't submit to shame. You're not going at this alone. You're going at it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it's as much as your desire, it's his desire in you to lead you to the Father. So it's him leading you. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Amen? So this morning, I'm going to be speaking on the rhythm of faith. Sorry, I'm still... Less, less I say it, so dehydrated from all the sunshine in South Africa. Sorry, guys. It needed to be said. So, guys, we, we go to South Africa. If you don't know, we're from there. And um, we're, like, super proudly South African. So um, we've been, we have all the books on South African animals. And, you know, Eli, my eldest, he's four and a half. He has all the books. He has a South African flag. He knows all the animals. Like, he is all things South Africa. South African. He went, they were doing a series at school for a week on the country you come from and what you look like and your race. And Eli was like, I am black and I am from Africa. (laughs) His teachers actually told us. Like, guys, my kid is like diehard South African, okay? Anyway, no, he's so pale like his dad. That's the worst part. Anyway, so we get to Cape Town Airport. Um, We haven't, we just go through to the car rental place. We're just picking up our car that we're going to use for the next week. It's taking a bit of time. So I'm like, let me just go and step outside with Eli, you know, make a big deal. Like, look, buddy, we're in South Africa, you know. So we we go outside. I'm like, look, we're in South Africa. And my child looks at me, he looks at the rental car parking lot, and he bursts into tears, like sobbing. And I'm like, what happened? What did I do? He's like, this is not Africa. I'm like, look, I really didn't know what to say. I was laughing. So I was like, what do you mean? He's like, there are no trees. There are no giraffes. There are no lions. Guys, if I have not raised the most European view on South Africa, I don't know. He's like, and then he's, because he had a hoodie on because it was drizzling a little bit. He's like, and also it's cold. The sun only shines in South Africa. Why am I wearing this if this is Africa? My child was shattered. I have a video of it because a good mom records these moments. Okay. The truth is, guys, Eli's reality, what he could physically see in front of him, the lovely car park, the traffic lights, the car guards, the freeway in the background, did not match up with what he believed South Africa was. His reality was different to what he was hoping it would be. Even though I tried to convince him, I was like, this is just a parking lot. We're going to get into a car. We're going to go like to the, to the safari places. We're going to see like as much as I tried to convince him that as soon as we get out of this car park, you're going to see things. He couldn't, he couldn't get there. He was stuck on what he could see. Right? So no matter how hard I tried to convince him, he couldn't get past the cars in the parking lot. And I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment, and he said that some of us, 
are walking around with a level, level of faith that is only determined by what we can see in front of us. Or is only determined by our spiritual maturity. You know why I couldn't reason with my son? Because he's four years old. You can't reason with a four-year-old. We laugh, but the truth is that some of you cannot, cannot see past where you're at in your life because your spiritual maturity is nowhere. And I say that in love, but it's the truth. Do not let where you are at spiritually, your maturity, do not let your reality determine how the power of God can move in your life. Many of us are trusting for things. This, uh, these three days we're praying and fasting, and we're pro- uh, fasting for things that I felt are very practical. We're fasting for people who are trusting for financial breakthrough, for visas and passports, for those who are maybe trusting for new jobs, new contracts. It's very practical stuff, right? Because sometimes we think faith is only for when we get saved or when we need like a crazy healing or when we need like a supernatural miracle. We think our faith is important in those three areas. But you forget that your life is a life of faith. Every single little thing that you are trusting for needs to be saturated in your faith. So some of us are trusting for things, not even big things, guys. We're trusting for little things. And we need to be reassessing our faith levels. And we need to be taking an honest look at where our faith and our trust lies. And I'm going to get to this in a moment, but when I was praying for this morning, I just felt in my spirit that some of you are afraid to trust God because you don't want to be disappointed. Some of you are afraid to trust God because you don't want to be disappointed. So this morning, what I would like to do is I would like to share a couple of scriptures with you about faith. And I'm going to get in a moment, I'm going to get to why. But the truth, bottom line, the word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word about Christ. So if me as your pastor, if my heart is to see your faith increase, the formula is here. It's telling me that I need to read the word of God because that's the only way that you're going to be increasing your faith this morning. Amen. I wanted, if we weren't doing this series, I would have called this sermon Faith in the face, just like, because I'm about to hit you guys in the face, in the face with so much scripture, it's going to blow your mind. Okay, first one, the life of a believer is a life of faith because we live by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5 5 verse 7, we live by faith, not by sight. It's not a little bit of faith here, a little bit of faith there, faith for the big things, no Our lives are saturated in faith. If you are a believer, if you trust God, if you gave him your life, your life is marked by faith. Your life is marked by trust. Secondly, faith, these are all going to tie in together, don't worry. Faith is not about what you can see because we don't live by sight, right? We live by faith. So that eliminates what we can physically see in front of us. So faith is not about what we see or how we can imagine something playing out. How many of us like to do that? God, I trust you, but here's my plan. God, I believe you can do this, so I'm going to do this. 
How many of us do that, right? Hebrews 11 verse 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. So faith is not, once again, what we see in front of us. Faith is the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. How many of us are basing our faith on how we can see things working out? And I said it earlier, I don't want you guys to be robbed of trusting God for big things because your perspective on him or how you can imagine him fixing things or coming through for you is too small. Donovan says it a lot. Faith is a muscle that needs to be exercised. In my early days of when I just got saved, me learning to practice and strengthen my faith muscle was trusting for little things. God, can you help me with this test at school I have tomorrow? God, can you help me feel better, right? I have a little bit of a headache. And then it got to the point where I was trusting God to conceive a child that I was told I would never conceive. Now, that's a bit much compared to trusting God that I pass a test. But I'd practiced my faith muscle along the way, right? So some of you, God's causing you and he's encouraging you to trust for the little things because there's going to become a moment in your life where you're going to have to trust for big things. So in the little moments, in the little things, you've got to be exercising that faith muscle. I remember us trying for, for a lyric, trying to conceive. You know what the crazy thing is? You know, I'm, I'm encouraging guys. I'm saying faith is not what we can see, right? So we shouldn't be discouraged or faithless or hopeless because we can't see it in front of us. That's what I'm telling you guys, right? So we were trying to conceive baby number two. We had been trying for two years. With Eli, we had tried for five years. And the crazy thing was, you know, faith is the evidence of things we can't see. I had evidence. I had Eli, my firstborn. So I had evidence that God can do it. If he can do it once, he can do it again. Do you know I still struggled with my faith? I still struggled to believe that he can do it, even though he had done it before. So what did I do? Just kept exercising it. Even when it was hard, even when I didn't believe, I just prayed. I said, God, help me. God, help my unbelief. Faith is believing that God can make something out of nothing. Faith is believing that God can make something out of nothing. Romans 11 verse 3, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Guys, I'm going to read that again. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. The scriptures tell us, right, there was nothing. The earth was void and the entire universe was formed at one word from God. What we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Is God's power limited in your life because you can't see it? If he can make something out of nothing, what can he do in your life? When you see nothing, God is doing something. I can tell you that and I can promise you that because I've walked it. When you see nothing, he's doing something. Our greatest steps of faith allow for the greatest moves of God. I've lived it. The biggest steps of faith you're going to take are the areas where God's going to be able to move the most powerfully. 
Let me tell you guys another story because I wanted to make this practical to you this morning. When we moved to Czech Republic six years ago, we had never even been to Europe, okay? They were like, there's a job opportunity. I went on Pinterest. I typed in Prague. I was like, oh, it's so pretty. Look at that bridge. Look at those people eating the... Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to say it wrong and then Carol yells at me. It's like hard being up here. Yeah, that is that thing. I know it's not Czech, but it was on Pinterest. So I thought that's what people do, yeah? I was like, this is going to be amazing. Um, so we had never been here. For us, we had a home. We had two cars. We had, we had everything. Donovan had a great job. I had a great job. And for us, moving here was actually a step back for us financially because we sold everything. So it was a step back for us financially. Donovan took a, is it a demotion? Is that what you say? Yeah, he went down a level for work. I came here with nothing. We had been trying to fall pregnant. We couldn't fall pregnant. I mean, coming here, we could see nothing, right? But we knew that God had told us to come. And people were like, why Czech Republic? And we're like, we don't know. We don't know because at that time we didn't know. All we had was one word from God, go. Right? So we're like, well, this is going to be crazy. But at that point, you know, it was just us. We were like, God's got our world in his hands, right? He's going to work everything for his good. Did you know that you are not powerful enough to derail God's plan for your life? Did you guys know that? So we got on a plane. And we came here. Yes, it was not like Pinterest. It was very difficult. And our first experience of that was when we went to a police officer to ask a question and he was like, Nangletsky. And I was like, awesome. This is going to be great. But I want to tell you guys, do you want to, uh, a part of the story, do you guys know that when I married Donovan, one of the things he told me was that he would never be in ministry? Because my parents are pastors, right? So for me, it's like, that's going to happen. We're probably going to end up doing something one day. And Donovan's like, serious. He's like, I want you to know, this is not on the cards for me. I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be leading a church. I don't want to be doing any of that stuff. But in my heart, I was like, God, this is a faith decision then that I'm marrying this guy because I knew that my life would end up this way, right? So I'm getting, I'm getting there, guys. So we get to Czech Republic. Six years later, Donovan has been promoted to the highest point in his business, right? We're now running a church of 140 people. We have two kids. Everything that we could not see, God spoke one word, and that one word has brought life in every single area of our lives. One word. It made no sense. We came here with two suitcases and a word from God, but that word was enough. One word from God is enough, guys. Without faith, Hebrews 11 verse 6 did you guys know this? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's scary. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God doesn't want your plans. He doesn't want your connections. He doesn't want your resources. He doesn't want your suggestions. If you want to honor him, if you want to love him, if you want to glorify him, if you want to please him, he wants your faith. He wants your trust. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10 verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So if some of you are sitting here this morning and you're like, 
I need that kind of faith because my faith is nowhere. My trust is nowhere. My hope is nowhere. So you're saying, how, Jessica, how do I get the kind of faith that moves me across the world with a suitcase? It comes by hearing and hearing the word about Christ. So what do you do? You get the word of God in you. You read it. You sit with it. You get a marker. You listen to it. Sometimes I'm packing the dishwasher and just for five minutes I'll listen to the word of God. You guys can give me five minutes, okay? I'm pulling a Donovan this morning. I can say it because he isn't here and he won't listen to the podcast. Okay, kidding. I'm going to make, you guys better text him and listen, tell him to listen to the podcast. Donovan said it once before, you don't know what you had for breakfast last week, Wednesday, but you know that it nourished you. Get the word of God in you. Because it'll teach you his character towards those who have trusted him. Right? It's going to build your faith in who he says that he is. Because then it's going to become not something that you know about him. It's going to be something you know is true. You want to know where to start? Hebrews 11. A hall of fame of faith. Hebrews 11. Remember, Hebrews 11. It's so beautiful. It is so encouraging. It takes you through the people in the, in the Bible that trusted God for the most insane things. Start with Hebrews 11. Surround yourself with testimonies of people who have faith in this area. So not only listening to the word about Christ, not only getting to the word, but surrounding yourself with testimonies of people who have gotten victory in this area. This is why sharing testimonies for us is so powerful at church. Are we going to be doing it on the 16th? But I'm telling you, when I was struggling with waiting for marriage, when I was struggling with knowing if my husband was going to come along, when I was struggling with knowing if I'm going to conceive or not, you know what I did? I went to women who had victory in this area. I didn't go and sit with them to complain. I didn't sit with them to share my frustrations. I said, please, can you just encourage me? Please just tell me your story. Please just tell me how you felt. What did you pray? What, you know, what helped you along this journey? If you're trusting for certain things, find people who have victory in that area. Sit with them. Don't vent for two hours. Faith doesn't come by venting. Did you know that? Faith don't come by venting. Faith comes by the word of God. And hearing the testimony of other believers who have gotten victory in this area. Faith draws us closer to Jesus. Ephesians 3 verse 16 to 17. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. So that tells me that the more I hear about Christ, the more faith I have and the more faith I have because he dwells in my heart through faith, the more of Jesus I'm going to experience in my life. It's all connected, guys. This is why we tell you if you're struggling, get into the word, learn about Jesus. That's why we did that series last year, Jesus meets this person, Jesus meets that person, Jesus meets that person. Because I saw this picture last year of Jesus colliding with unbelief in our lives and it being an atomic explosion and disbelief just dissipating. If you're struggling with unbelief, get into the word of God. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Some translations say he is the pioneer of our faith. That means he goes forward and he breaks ground for your faith. 
Hebrews 12 verse 2, it's speaking about running the race, right? Your spiritual journey. It says we do this, we run the race by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Look at that, guys. You don't just want a normal kind of faith. You want perfect faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in a place of honor beside God's throne. Get rid, and this comes back to our spiritual rhythms, get rid of anything that hinders your faith. Hebrews 12 verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded, but now this is Hebrews 12, right? This is after Hebrews 11, the hall of fame of faith. So now it continues and it says, Now, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set out before us. Strip off every weight that slows you down. Does your life feed and nourish your spiritual man inside of you. And if it doesn't, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Faith is not just hoping and waiting. Faith is not just hoping and waiting. We need to speak our faith. And we need to live by faith. Romans 10.10, 10, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So if you've confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, it's with that same faith that you're also professing that he is good, that he is provider, that he's going to come through for you, that he's trustworthy, that he is faithful. Amen? Stick with me. I'm almost done. Five minutes. And we need to live by faith. James, this is going to be hard. James 2 verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. I'm going to read that again. James 2 verse 17, in the same way, faith by itself, just believing, just hoping, if it is not accompanied by action, if it's not outworking itself in your life, if it's not changing the way you live, if it's not changing your reality, it's dead. This is James, not me. God is powerful, but he is also practical. God is powerful, but he is practical. One quick example. We were struggling to fall pregnant with Lyric, right? Two years. We were praying for healing over me every single chance we got. We asked everybody to pray for me for healing. Couldn't fall pregnant, couldn't fall pregnant. So while I was living in this hope, in this faith, there was still a natural outworking of my faith. So I was stewarding my body correctly. I was going for blood tests. I was taking care of myself. And I want to tell you that practical outworking, that practical outworking of just making sure that my body is healthy and getting blood tests resulted in one WhatsApp from a fertility clinic saying, hey, this level's quite high. Have you ever been given this medication? No. They prescribe it. Three weeks later, I'm pregnant. Do you know that I was healed? Do you know for two years I was praying for God to heal me and I was healed? The problem was something completely separate from my reproductive organs. Why am I saying this? 
Because God is practical and you just hoping for things to change is powerful, but it also needs to outwork itself. It's about your reality changing. You speak by faith. You don't see it yet, you watch your mouth and you speak by faith. The word says life and death are in the power of the tongue. So you speak life, you speak by faith. You may not see it yet, but you are. You are more than a WhatsApp message to a friend saying, I'll pray for you. You are that friend who is on their knees praying for somebody because you believe it. Allow faith to practically outwork in your life. Don't just wait. Lastly, and this is probably one of the most important things I'll say this morning. I want you, when it comes to faith, to live with eternity in mind even when you don't get what you're trusting for. I want you to live with eternity in mind. Hebrews 11, verse 13 to 16. Just take a moment, just close your eyes. Close your eyes for me for a second. Let me just read this to you. Hebrews 11, verse 13. So it's gone through the whole faith hall of fame. Everybody who trusted for great things and it continues here and it says, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. What is it saying? Great men and women of faith, be not because they received what they were trusting for, but because their eyes were so fixed on God that it didn't matter what the outcome was. Guys, that is, that is a lot. Because I can encourage you for 40 minutes that when you trust, you're going to get what you're trusting for. But the truth is, if you don't get what you're trusting for, does God still stay on the throne of your life? These were normal human people. That's why the scriptures said they could have turned away at any point. They didn't need to keep trusting. There was no evidence. They could see nothing. They knew it was there, but they couldn't see it. They could have turned around, but they didn't. Because their eyes were so fixed on God. And that's what reading the Bible does. That's what praying does. That's what spiritual rhythms do. They fix your eyes on Jesus. So that it doesn't matter when you can't see anything. Or when things don't come to pass. Because you know that he's working on something better. Because even when you see nothing, he's doing something. Can we stand this morning? I want us just to take a moment to pray. And I said earlier that I just felt in my spirit that some of us were afraid to believe because we didn't want to be disappointed. And I just believe that God this morning wants to speak over you and he wants you to know that he can be trusted. He wants you to know that he is good. He wants you to know that he's holding your heart in his hands. He's holding your desires in your hands. If you think you love 
the person you're thinking of, if you think you love the situation you're thinking of, I want you to know he loves it more. The word says that nobody who trusts in God will be disappointed. So I want you to know that any of you who are afraid to trust because you're afraid of disappointment, that is a lie. And we cut off any lies that so quickly entangle us this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, we open up our hearts again, unafraid. We want to trust you, God. Lord, I want to pray for people that are struggling with unbelief. I want to pray for those, God, who are struggling with their faith levels, Lord. And I want to remind us this morning that Jesus is the author of our faith. If you want faith this morning, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. If you want faith, come to Jesus. He is the beginning and the end of our faith. He is the author and the perfecter. He is the pioneer. He is. Come to Jesus. Lord, we want to repent for the times that we didn't trust you because we couldn't see. The times we didn't believe that you could do anything because nothing was happening, God. Lord, we want to pray this morning that you would give us a new perspective. Give us a new perspective this morning. God, would you lift our eyes off of what we can and cannot see? And Lord, would you fix our eyes on you? We fix our eyes on you this morning, Lord. We fix our eyes on you, Lord. Lord, we just want to come before you now, Lord, and we want to throw off anything that hinders our faith. I want to pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would bring to remembrance, that you would show us things in our lives that are hindering our faith, that are hindering our spiritual maturity, that are hindering our spiritual growth. Show us now, Holy Spirit, what these things are and remind us that we're not overcoming these things by the flesh, but that we have the Spirit of the living God inside of us. And if He can resurrect dead things, He can bring to life everything that we desire. God, I pray that you would fill this room with fresh faith. Faith for the little things. Faith for the big things. Saturate our lives in faith. May we be known as a people who walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus, it's you. It's you, Jesus. May our lives be ones of faith where every decision we make, every step that we take, is through the framework of faith. May our lips, may our lips speak by faith. May our thoughts be renewed to be those of faith. Fresh faith, just release fresh faith in this room this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.